Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Produce Buzzers Podcast. We're so happy that you've joined us today, and I think you will be too after the show is over. You will have learned a lot about fresh fruits and vegetables, how to prepare them, what their nutritional value is, uh, all about their history and origin. We hope you'll find it interesting, and we hope it inspires you to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, not only to improve your health, but to enjoy their deliciousness while you do so. Greetings and welcome to another Produce Buzzers podcast. Thank you for joining us again. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving and had lots of fresh fruits and veggies on your table or cooked fresh fruits and veggies on your table, I'm sure you did, and enjoyed those health benefits with your family and friends. I'm your host, Edwin Stepp, and I'm joined by Teresa Nolan, the founder and president of Produce Buzz, along with Rick Stepp and Cynthia Benedetto, both contributors to the Produce Buzz website and the Produce Buzzers podcast. We are most of the way through fall and heading quickly towards winter. So today we have one fruit that is a star of the autumn season and a veggie, which is a star of the winter season. So stay tuned to learn what they are and all about them and their nutritional value, of course. So Produce Buzzers podcast fans, winter is approaching. And we get a little sad here some at Produce Buzz when winter comes because the variety of vegetables that we have in the summer and the fall is, starts to dwindle. But there are some fabulous veggies that become more available and more tasty when the weather gets cold. Teresa is going to tell us about one of those. Teresa, what are you going to tell us about today? Well, right now I'm seeing lots of leeks in the produce department. Those are the vegetables that look like giant green onions, and they're a very popular winter vegetable. It's extremely hardy, and I was surprised to find out that they can grow in temperatures as low as zero degree Fahrenheit. Wow. So, yeah, pretty interesting, huh? It makes it a very useful vegetable as it can stand all winter in the garden in most climates and can be harvested throughout the winter and into mid-spring. Did you so, say useful or youthful? <laughs> well, if you if you oh. harvest them while they're young, they would be useful too. <laughs> They'll make you youthful. That's what I was going to say. That's Is that right. like the uh, fountain of youth? Uh-huh. Well, like onions and garlic, they're in the allium family, and they have a very mild onion taste, and they're rich in flavonoids, which have anti-inflammatory, anti-diabetic, anti-cancer properties, as well as other health benefits. And plants of the allium family may have a connection with a lower risk of certain cancers. Cancers of the prostate, stomach, colon, esophagus are rarer in those who consume a lot of garlic, shallots, chives, onions, and leeks. Hmm. So I should never get any of those cancers. Because... <laughs> and you won't have any friends around you either because you <laughs> bad breath reeking. That's, it's worth so, it. Yeah. So that would that, protect that might you help from the flu. Help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
So uh, researchers think that antioxidants in allium vegetables repair the damaged DNA. One analysis of 16 studies found that all vegetables in the allium family offer the same health benefits. They're rich in vitamin K, which can reduce the risk of osteoporosis. They contain carotenoids, which reduce the risk of cataracts and age-related macular degeneration. Hmm. So the downside of leeks, they often retain soil in their leaves, which makes eating them a sometimes gritty experience. Uh And the reason for that is many growers pile the soil up around the stem to block the light and blanch the base of the leek that gives it that white stem that you see. That's interesting. Uh huh. And during this process, soil and sand can get between the layers of the shaft of the leek, uh, which are very tightly bound together. So if you're growing your own leeks, some advise using straw instead of the soil to prevent the leeks from becoming as gritty. So this means when you are ready to wash your leeks, you're going to have to go through an interesting process. You want to remove the root about a half an inch into the stem and then cut lengthwise down the middle of the shaft. Soak them in warm water and then start removing any grit that you see. You can pull the layers apart while running the leaks underwater to help get that grit out. And this is particularly important if you plan to cook the shafts whole. But if you're going to slice them across the grain into rounds, you can place them in a sieve and run water through them. And uh, while you're prepping the leeks, you want to only use the white and light green parts. The darker green leaves are kind of woody and not very appetizing. I should ask you if you know how to make a potato leek soup. Does anybody I've never make made own? one, but oh. I've eaten them, and oh man, they're good. Very good. That's yeah. like a, a staple in my house. Oh, good. Okay, I've heard that you can fill a potato with soup and then poke holes in it, and then well, then leak soup. But oh, <laughs> homegrown. Got you on that one. <laughs> anyway, I I have a recipe that I kind of put together from other recipes I found online and I tried it. It's a creamy potato leek soup with white beans. And I actually added some corn to it later and that would give you a complete protein. I think Mm. we've talked in the past about Mm -hmm. complete proteins you need with your beans, you need a, a grain of some sort to help make a complete protein. It's pretty easy to serve, to make, you know, you prepare your leeks, and saute them with a small onion, some garlic, and then you take Yukon gold or small potatoes washed and cubed and five and a half cups of low sodium vegetable broth and one and a half cups of cannelli beans, some salt if you use salt, I don't, pepper, and then you cut some fresh leeks for garnish on it. And it's pretty easy. You just saute them. Then you put the potatoes in the broth and add the leeks and onions to it. Then after you've cooked it, you can add the 
cannelli beans and use an immersion blender to blend the soup till it's fairly smooth hmm. and then put some of the leftover fresh cut leeks on the top of it. And as I said, you can add some corn to it if you like. And it's really very creamy, very, you can taste that mild onion flavor because they're much milder tasting than a regular onion, but yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So, so you, delicious, that, yeah. when I think of a creamy soup, I often think there's actually cream in it, but yours doesn't, didn't have any cream. And it's just blended to make it creamy. Is that correct? That's it. The potatoes and the beans will make it creamy. Got it. I've never so. used the beans before. And the original recipe I had, it was uh, some half and half in it. And I think I was making it one time and I didn't have any half and half. So I just used the vegetable broth. And that works just as good, if not better. It's just like not even worth the extra calories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very smooth, very creamy mm-hmm. tasting. And if you're trying to be healthier, you know, if, if you don't have high cholesterol and you don't have any health problems, go for the cream. Tastes great. <laughs> no, but I'd say like you- save the cream. Then you can have a whipped cream for dessert. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's good thinking. Uh, yeah. So you said you sauteed the onions, garlic, and the leeks. Uh-huh. Now I know you're very you you don't use a lot of oil. Did you do you saute these without oil, or do you have just a little bit of oil in there? Well, if you want, you can put a little bit of oil in. I think the recipes I found called for a couple of tablespoons. You definitely don't need that much oil. Right. But I usually use just plain water to saute them, and it that's works. What I was, yeah, I was wondering about. And that. that's another way to cut fat out of your diet if you're if you've got health problems or you just want to get thinner because fat is the number one thing you can cut from your diet, uh, oil and things like that, because there's so many calories in it. You know, a little bit of oil sprayed in the bottom of the pan would, you know, just like a half a squirt yeah. of something like that might work just fine. Right. Well, it's good that Pete, you've, there's options here. Like you said, you don't use the salt. Maybe others will put a little salt in. But I think it's yes. great. I think it's great that you give us these recipes that if people don't want the oil and the salt and, of course, sugar is another thing. We try hey, 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 be from. nice. <laughs> okay, sweetie. <laughs> One thing yeah. I would like to mention in relation to any kind of greens or the leaves of the leeks, to clean those. You can take a net bag, put them in there, and wash them in your washing machine. And it will, uh, I mean, that's how they commercially wash things. They have a sensor. Yeah. And so just run it through like a rinse cycle, and it'll get that grit out of there. And then you would want to wash them again in the sink, uh, you know, for bacterial things. That sounds like a lot of damn work. Why don't you just like fill the, uh, the sink up with water, put it in there, let it float to the top and, and let it sit for a little bit. That's the sand well, will drop to the bottom. Sometimes it's hard to get that grit off of there. Then but, don't uh, buy. Then buy flat leaf spinach and stop eating the curly stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it actually is. If you're going to prepare a large quantity, it's actually a really good way. Small quantity, nah, it's probably not worth the time. But I remember in Charlotte, I used to promote that because people would come in to our farmers market and say these. This, these greens have got too much sand in them. And I'd tell them how to do that. You know, just put, a, put them in a net bag and uh, put them in the washing machine. And 
this one lady said back to me one day, she said, I ain't putting my greens where my dirty underwear's been. <laughs> I was thinking more about my husband's socks. <laughs> but I agree with her. I don't, mm -mm. we don't need to cross contaminate with uh, household uh, equipment. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the washing machine if you're going to eat them raw. But if you're going to cook them anyway, you wouldn't have to worry about the bacterial issue. Yeah. But you said wash them again once you get them out. So that Yeah. No, but could. wait a minute. You said you said so if you cook it, like E coli doesn't get uh isn't heat sensitive, right? So you would still Oh yeah. E coli can be killed by cooking. Yeah. It can. That's why you cook meat. Then why do people get sick? Cuz they don't cook it good enough. Anyway, that's the way they do it commercially. If you buy say bags yeah but they're not putting their underwear socks in the commercial <laughs> washers <laughs> well, you hey can you do a load of a towels after that I, I don't have any clean ones if you're a germaphobe if you're a germaphobe you actually could put a little bit of chlorine bleach in your with your washing machine to uh, take care of that and then rinse it again when you pull it out to get the chlorine out yeah, yeah, would the spinach turn white <laughs> <laughs> that's I okay that. I, I think i'll just wash it in the sink thank you <laughs> uh, you have to learn how which which color of veggies you can wash with the other exactly colors. those lights or darks <laughs> make sure you add beets to the, <laughs> to the wash water um <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know if we should be recommending the washing machine thing, but it is funny. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> I can always issue a, a caveat. Disclaimer. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. How clean is your kitchen sink when you wash it? <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, yeah. Just try. Uh, the dirty dishes in there? <laughs> so. take, a, take a paper towel and wipe the inside of your garbage disposal and see what you see. Yeah. It is well, so nasty. No, you got to get that. You got to get that disposal that you put down in there, and it like it bubbles up and it cleans it. Do you know when they do tests for bacteria in the house? The mm -hmm. number one worst bacteria area is the kitchen counters. That's the most dangerous. The rim of your toilet seat is cleaner than your kitchen counters when it comes to bacteria. So if you're if you're washing your greens in the sink, you better you better put some chlorine in there and wash it really good before you wash the greens. I put it in a colander first. Thank you though. Appreciate it. I'm not like some dirty person that doesn't clean my sink. One of those salad spinner things might work too. I've never tried that, but that might that's a centrifuge. You know, the and salad. Then you could probably put it in the microwave and use it as a steamer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the green leaves on the leek are they mild enough that you could just chop them up and put them in your salad or would you have to you have to cook them they're kind of tough to chew mm -hmm. but if you were making a nice vegetable broth mm -hmm. you could throw that in mm -hmm. as you can sure. in skins you know how they tell you you can put onion skins and Mm -hmm. All kinds of things that you wouldn't normally eat will make a great vegetable broth. That's right. what I, um, I keep a plastic bag in my freezer 
Mm-hmm. And all the, I, I find the best combination for me is the mirepoix of celery, onion, and carrots. In the past, I've added garlic and I've added other vegetables. So I keep a plastic bag in the freezer. And when I'm preparing a meal, anything that's discarded, the tops or the bottoms, or I have too much, then I will wait until the bag is full and then I will make myself a, um, a stock pot of vegetable broth. Interesting. Very good. And then do you, do you freeze that and use it for later? I do. I freeze it in about um, those canning jars, about, what, eight mm-hmm. ounces or so? Uh, sure. Maybe they're, uh, they come in different sizes. Last time I, did, I had a really big batch. I probably have about mm-hmm. eight jars full. Okay. And then, then I, can... I, don't, I don't put salt in it, right. no pepper. I just uh, fill it with water and, and bring it to a boil and let it simmer for about an hour. Mm-hmm. That's good to freeze it like that because you can, spur of the moment, you can just grab one out of the freezer and uh, right. throw it in with your soup, whatever you're making. Right. You have to be careful with the things that are bitter. So the cruciferous, they suggest you don't use that because it gives such a bitter taste that it's it. you just cannot cover it up with sugar, salt, anything. Mm-hmm. Green peppers I've done, or like bell peppers, I just still find the, the carrots, onions, and celery are, is the best for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yep. The mirepoix. Mm-hmm. Very good. Teresa, what is the difference nutritionally? between a leek and an onion. Do you know that? A leek is richer in vitamin K, iron, manganese, folate, copper, and vitamin B6, vitamin E, and vitamin C, while an onion is higher in vitamin A. Leek covers your daily need of vitamin K, 39% more than an onion. And leeks contain 46 times more vitamin E than an onion. Leeks contain 9.92 9.92 milligrams of vitamin E, while an onion contains 0.02 milligrams. Hmm. So there is a difference. But then you ha- you, there's also a difference in price, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Leeks are much more expensive. Yeah. So you you wouldn't be able to, like, it wouldn't be the same as having a, a bag of onions. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Isn't it like comparing <laughs> apples to oranges, though? That was my point before. Right. Exactly. You... <laughs> No, you can't. Right. You use them differently. So mm-hmm. why would you? I guess if they're in the same family, maybe you would want to know. But um. yeah, but it's like from I prefer to have a white onion in my tuna or my chicken salad, and I want a a sweet onion for sautéing or cooking. Interesting. I use red onions for everything almost. Occasionally, mm. I use uh, yellow onion. Mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. sweet onions. To me, what's the point of a sweet onion? I I don't get it. <laughs> I want the flavor <laughs> I think it's of not an as, onion. And it's, I, I think it's not strong. as strong. Maybe. <laughs> well, of course, but when I want an onion, I'll I want an onion, not a not a non-onion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Edwin, it's nothing to cry about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I always do. oh boy i know people say they can eat those valdelia onions you know like an apple i think i've tried that before and it it was not as rewarding as an apple but i think Mm. i could could get it down (laughs) rick you've done that i know because i remember farmers markets you can also eat a 
a uh, piece of horse crap like an apple. I don't give a <laughs> is that manure or is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's a reason okay, why now, they call them cow. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> So, Produce Buzzers, podcast fans, it's time for your favorite segment, and you all know what that is. It's time for Home Grow. And Teresa Nolan, our pun aficionado, is going to bring us another veggie or fruit, fruit or veggie pun. Teresa. This is a veggie pun. Okay. So, why was the vegetable store thief embarrassed? Why was the vegetable store thief embarrassed? Vegetable yes. store thief. Okay. I'm, I'm, the I'm vegetable store. Okay, so. It's the, the vegetable who, store yeah. thief. Not the not a veggie thief, but a veggie store thief. But maybe maybe you were stealing veggies. From the know. store? I don't know. Mm. We, we might give it away if we ask Teresa to answer. Anyway, Rick, you've got to have it. I'm sure Rick's you got know, it. I. We just got it this morning, and I didn't have time enough to think about it. It's kind of a tough one. It is tough. I, I was thinking, like, you know, I don't know. Maybe he got chili or um, <laughs> or he got a black eye pea. <laughs> I was a veggie store thief embarrassed. Because he leaked? <laughs> well done. Uh, pretty good. Oh, I, I know it. Because, ahead, because he, he took a leak. <laughs> no. Oh, or I was going to say, like, because he was a pee oh, in the pod. He peed I, in the pod. Yeah, I missed it. Okay, <laughs> Teresa, tell us what it is. Why did the veggie store thief, uh, why was the veggie store thief embarrassed? He got caught taking a leak. <laughs> we got so close i know you right did. You but did everything really well. but everything's in the subtle you know it's got to be subtle if the subtle wording of it makes it funnier yeah we didn't even that groan was, on that one that's pretty good i i didn't even yeah. that was good <laughs> well what vegetable is banned in the white house what vegetable is banned in the white house oh uh, it's got to be leeks, as in. There you go. But... <laughs> <laughs> and what is a journalist's favorite vegetable? <laughs> leeks. Leeks. <laughs> there we go. All got to it. Do with leeks. That was good. Right. Well <laughs> done. Sometimes the politicians like leeks. <laughs> they they leak all do person. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Strategic leaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we could get a whole bunch of jokes out of that one. Right. Leak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is a plumber's favorite favorite vegetable? <laughs> leaks. A leak. Or his worst vegetable. <laughs> mm. <laughs> What's the worst vegetable to have on a boat? <laughs> <laughs> Why did Homer Simpson get fired from the nuclear plant? (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're struggling now. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Teresa, for all that info about leeks, a vegetable that I've not used much, but after your presentation, I'm going to go out and experiment with them. They sound delicious and nutritious. Well, Produce Buzzers podcast fans, November is National Pomegranate Month. So exciting. It's so great because they are in season now. They're plentiful. They're cheaper. And they are more delicious this time of year. So today, we're going to have Rick tell us all about pomegranates. Rick? Well, today, we're going to talk about pomegranates. Uh, I didn't realize how healthy they were until I looked into it. I've enjoyed eating them over the years. I just usually buy them maybe well, twice every season. When they first come in the season, I usually buy some. But haven't given much thought to the nutritional value until I started to research it. But what is the, so much, I don't want to scoop you, or but what is the season for them? They start uh, usually in November was when they really start coming in well. I mean, I'm sure they probably start earlier than that, maybe September, kind of concurrent with apples, I would say. But, yeah. but uh, when you first start seeing them in the stores on special where I live in Duluth, Minnesota, it's usually November. So about three or four weeks ago, they had them on special for 99 cents each, and I bought two of them. And uh, I thought, well, I've got to refresh my memory on how to how to prepare them, you know, how to cut them and, and use them. And uh, that would be a, a good thing to uh, talk about in the future. Uh, basically, what you do is you just score the pomegranate uh, kind of along the longitudinally, you know, and uh, peel the skin back and then you separate the seeds out with your fingers. There's several videos online on how to do it. And uh, I guess if you're preparing a lot of them, you would need to maybe watch a video to see how to do it the quickest. But uh, anyway, I bought them and I uh, got all the seeds out. I had like two little Tupperware containers full of, of the seeds, which are called uh, aerials. And, uh, then I thought, well, I don't want to eat these all in one sitting. I want to. Easy to do, though. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, you could eat the whole thing so easily. And so I thought, well, what will I do? So I thought I eat a green salad every night with spinach and other vegetables. And I thought, well, I'm going to add a few to my salad and see how they are. Uh, I usually put some a little bit of fruit of some kind in my green salad. Like if strawberries are really good, I'll slice a few of those up in the salad or if, if not, blueberries. And uh, then I thought, well, I'll try these. And so I'm still, I still haven't used them all up. <laughs> I've got probably almost half of them left still. And they're so flavorful. I, I just, uh, I put maybe 40 of the little seeds in a salad. And they have like little bursts of tart sweet. And uh, I use a vinegar-based salad dressing. So it really complements that. But uh, then I started looking at the health benefits and I, I couldn't believe uh, they're among the healthiest fruits on earth, according to the National Pomegranate Commission. So can they <laughs> rival the aronia berry? Yeah, I think it's different, actually. It's, I'd say it would probably more rival the cranberry than the aronia berry or blueberries. 
you know, all berries are good for you. All berries that aren't poisonous, that is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, they contain a range of uh, beneficial plant compounds unrivaled by their f- foods. Studies have shown that they may have several benefits for your body, body possibly lowering your risk of various diseases. Uh, there's about 10 evidence-based health benefits, pomegranates, that I'm going to go over today. I would like to mention this too. The studies that I'm going to talk about in this podcast were really done with pomegranate juice, but I would encourage our listening audience to look into it on their own and you know make a judgment based on that. Uh, I couldn't find any studies really of eating the fresh pomegranates, so to speak. It was all done with pomegranate juice. You can buy pomegranate juice in the store that's pure pomegranate juice, no sugar added, and it is delicious. So whereas like, for example, cranberry juice, it's very difficult to make a cranberry juice without adding some type of sweetener. And so there's one benefit right there is you don't have to add sugar. I'm, I'm really surprised there's not been any studies uh, on the whole fruit, the fresh fruit, because, and you'll probably, you'll probably tell us this, but you know, with that seed has got to have tremendous nutritional value inside. And I, oh, eat, yeah. you know, you eat the seeds, there's no way you can eat them without eating the seeds. Right. Fresh. But anyway, I'll let you go on, but yeah. And I, and that's a good point. And I would always say, if you eat the fruit itself in its entirety, everything that's edible about the fruit, you're doing your body a whole lot more good than if you extract the juice which and just drink the juice from it. Right. It doesn't matter what kind of fruit or vegetable you're talking about. That's true. My opinion, and I go back to my, this is a little bit of a digression, but my three sons, I have three sons, their childhood was spent mostly in Georgia. We lived in the Atlanta area for about nine years. And their pediatrician, uh, at the time that they were little kids back in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, their pediatrician was 94 years old. Her name was Dr. Denmark. And the woman had so much wisdom. She. She graduated from medical school in Georgia in the 1920s. And it was unheard of for a woman to be able to get into medical school, but she was able to, and she was able to graduate. And she practiced medicine for all those years. Well, she, she uh, quit. She retired from practicing medicine at age 103. Huh. And she died at age 114. Wow. And she was a stickler about whole foods give your kids the real food give them if, if they're going to have fruit give them the fruit don't give them fruit juice no. right. eliminate dairy totally from your diet because it's, it's not healthy for you and she had a rest she had a very simple recipe for children that, that my wife had on the refrigerator for years and it would just have things like one cup of black eyed peas one, not a cup, but a serving of black eyed peas, serving of broccoli, serving of meat, just very basic things. And uh, she would have told you, do not drink pomegranate juice, the pomegranate. <laughs> and that stuck with me for many years, even though I have been guilty of, of not 
following those instructions myself. I'm convinced that it's that that's true. But um, anyway, uh, the pomegranate is a shrub that produces a red fruit, categorized as a berry. The skin of the pomegranate is thick and inedible, but there are hundreds of edible seeds within. Each seed is surrounded with red, juicy, and sweet seed covering known as an arrel. That's spelled A-R-I-L. Seeds and arils are the edible parts of the fruit, neither raw or processed into pomegranate juice, but the peel is discarded. And they have an, an impressive uh, list of nutrients. Uh, they have seven grams of fiber, three grams of protein, and then as far as daily allowances of your vitamins and minerals, they have 30% of your vitamin C. This is one cup. 36% of vitamin K, 16% of folate, 12% of potassium. Um, uh, pomegranates contain plant compounds with powerful medicinal properties. They pack unique substances that are responsible for most of their health benefits. Unicic acid found in pomegranate seed oil is the main fatty acid in the arils. They have extremely potent antioxidants found in pomegranate juice and peel. Here again, they're talking about the pomegranate juice containing so much nutrition, whereas the, the whole fruit's going to have the same. So the whole fruit is considered a berry. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you would have to say the whole fruit is considered a berry. Yeah, it's got uh, the seeds in it like a, a lot of berries have the seeds inside. So. Yeah. Correct. But, uh, you know, it's different, obviously. You don't eat the whole pomegranate. No. Skin is almost inevitable. Even though they do take the skins and they make extracts from the skins hmm. uh, that are sold in health food stores. Really? So the, the skins do have nutrition. It's just that they're basically inedible because they're too yeah, too no. hard to chew. You know, it wouldn't be enjoyable at all. Right. That's interesting. I didn't realize they did extract from yeah but they're so powerful that pomegranate juice has been found to have pomegranate juices been found to have three times the antioxidant activity of red wine and green tea hmm. now you know the red wine uh, that's borderline anyway but i was surprised it had three times that of green tea yeah yeah because that's the the go-to thing for everyone who wants antioxidants drink green tea drink drink green tea yeah. right um, and that's the juice again, just the juice you're talking about. Uh, correct. Yeah. Right. Well, the skins, I'm sure, have the antioxidants also. Here again, the only part that's edible are the berries inside yeah. or the arils. Um, they have an impressive anti-inflammatory effects also. Chronic inflammation is one of the leading drivers of many serious diseases. This includes heart disease, cancer, type two diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and even obesity. Pomegranates have potent anti-inflammatory properties. Test tube studies have shown that they can reduce inflammatory activity in the digestive tract, as well as in breast cancer and colon cancer cells. One 12 week study, people with diabetes found that one cup pomegranate juice per day 
lowered their inflammatory markers by 30 percent very significant hmm. of course with it, as with any inflammation you know you have to do more than just add pomegranate juice to your diet you have to be eliminating some other things as well which diabetics have to do but if you were eating as much ice cream as you want every day and then thought oh well now i have a glass of pomegranate juice <laughs> wash it down <laughs> about pomegranate ice cream yeah. <laughs> there you Actually, go. i've never seen that before but i bet there's i bet it's out there Has, have you ever, anybody ever seen pomegranate flavored ice cream no but it's no. a great idea yeah i bet yeah. i bet i have i think i have put pomegranate aerials on ice cream before sure that was, that no was, that would that would be excellent yeah I've even put cranberry sauce on ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I once, uh, we were in a Mexican restaurant once with my family, and I was just joking around with the girls, and they brought the girls some ice cream. And one of the girls didn't eat all of hers, so she gave it to me. And I said, I'm going to put some of this salsa on the ice cream, joking with them, you know. And they were gr- going, oh, gross, gross. And I took a bite of it thinking I would be gross too, but I went, Wow, this is really pretty good. Sauce on ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Try it sometime. Yeah. Especially you know, some mango salsa would be very good on. Well, that would that would definitely yeah. work. But yeah, I've I've used pomegranate juice like I use kiwi fruit. Uh, if I was getting a cold, oh. yeah. I would get some and drink it. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it whether it just was an accident or not it seemed to knock it out i don't know yeah yeah i'm sure and, it and i have seen that it's supposed to help reduce your blood pressure so yeah i don't know whether you found anything on that rick yeah that's that's all in this uh little program i have here today about yeah it's you know so many times we go over all the nutritional benefits of all these fruits and vegetables and it's we sound like snake oil salesmen, you know, like <laughs> it'll cure this, it'll cure that. Right, right. <laughs> but well, uh true. cumulatively, it's true that food is our best medicine. Yeah. You know, it really is proven that that's the case. So right. uh but you have to take it all with a grain of salt. You know, you can't just say, Okay, I'm gonna go on the pomegranate diet. No, this don't one. put salt on it. It's <laughs> yeah. bad for you. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but these uh, test tube studies have shown that they can reduce inflammatory activity in the digestive tract as well as in breast cancer and colon cancer cells one 12-week study people with diabetes found that one cup of pomegranate juice per day lowered inflammatory inflammatory markers by 30 percent pomegranates may help fight prostate cancer Laboratory studies suggest that pomegranate extract may slow cancer cells reproduction and even can kill cancer cells. The prostate-specific antigen, PSA, is a blood marker for prostate cancer. Men whose PSA levels double in a short period of time are at an increased risk of death from prostate cancer. Interestingly, a human study found that drinking eight ounces pomegranate juice per day increased the PSA doubling time from 15 months to 54 months, a monumental increase. And this is something that I, I'm currently uh, facing right now is increased in, uh, in uh, my PSA levels over the past couple of years. And I've had two different biopsies 
because my PSA levels rose. And uh, both times they found no prostate cancer. But uh, it's interesting to me because, uh, you know, I'm experiencing that firsthand. And my doctor said, just because we didn't find prostate cancer does not mean that you don't have prostate cancer. Oh, that's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pomegranates may also be useful against breast cancer. Pomegranate extract may inhibit the reproduction of breast cancer cells, even killing some of them. However, the evidence is currently limited to laboratory studies. More research is needed before any claims can be made. And I would say that's probably true with the issue of prostate cancer as well. <laughs> uh, well they're as, always careful to say may, you know, because yeah, right. a lot of these things are yeah. still out for the jury. But. Yeah. Uh, and back to the blood pressure issue. I think Teresa mentioned that. Uh, pomegranates may lower blood pressure. In one study, people with hypertension had a significant reduction in blood pressure after consuming five ounces of pomegranate juice daily for two weeks. <laughs> well, one of the things I saw about pomegranate juice said that it would lower the systolic blood pressure. That's the top number. Uh-huh by about five, the measurement is MMHG. And so that, but the, the dystolic pressure, the lower number doesn't seem to be affected, but there again, who knows who made that study? What? I should probably do my own study on that and see if I can lower my blood pressure. Do you have high blood pressure? Uh, slightly. I slightly have, it should be. I have generally very low blood pressure and I went to the doctor the other day and it was like 169 over like and they're like whoa what what's what's going on and I was like oh my daughter turned me on to this iced coffee and you know <laughs> <laughs> we, we we refer to it as um uh puffy squirrel tail coffee because it's just like and uh i don't drink coffee so i had it on the way over do you think that has something to do with it and they're like uh yeah maybe uh, yeah, whenever i go to the doctor to get my blood pressure and get my blood pressure checked they always say if i would have to come fasting for blood tests they'll say you know you can have black coffee in the morning that's fine so i tank up on that you know like 10 cups of black coffee before I get over there. <laughs> oh, that's right. It could look, it could raise my blood pressure. Couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Pomegranate may help fight arthritis and joint pain. There are many different types of arthritis, but most involve some form of inflammation in the joints. Given that the plant compounds in pomegranate have an anti-inflammatory effect, makes sense that they could help treat arthritis. Pomegranate juice may lower your risk of heart disease. A four-week study in 51 people with high triglyceride levels showed that 800 milligrams of pomegranate seed oil per day significantly lowered triglycerides and improved the triglyceride HDL ratio. 
Another study looked at the effects of pomegranate juice in people with type 2 diabetes and high cholesterol. They noted significant reductions in bad LDL cholesterol, as well as other improvements. Pomegranate juice has also been shown in both animal and human studies to protect LDL cholesterol particles from oxidation, one of the key steps in the pathway towards heart disease. So in general, they re reduce inflammation and are probably beneficial in preventing heart disease. Pomegranate can help fight bacterial and fungal infections. The plant compounds in pomegranate can help fight harmful microorganisms. They have been shown to combat some types of bacteria. The antibacterial and antifungal effects may also be protective against in infections and inflammation in your mouth. This includes conditions like gingivitis. Pomegranate may help improve memory. There is some evidence that pomegranate can improve memory. One study in surgical patients found that two grams of pomegranate extract prevented deficits in memory after surgery. Another study in 28 older adults with memory complaints found that eight ounces of pomegranate juice per day significantly improved markers of verbal and visual memory. Edwin. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Who are you? <laughs> I hope he remembers to drink it every day. <laughs> yeah. Look into that if you think it's something you need. Do a jigsaw puzzle. I think yeah. I might forget to look into it. but Yeah. <laughs> I have a jigsaw puzzle, but I keep forgetting to put it together. <laughs> I put it where you cannot get around it on the kitchen yeah. table or something like that. Sure. <laughs> Studies in mice also suggest that pomegranates may help fight Alzheimer's disease. Uh, so keep this in mind. For my, my, the mouse that lives in the house. Yeah. Studies in mice, not in humans. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing worse than a forgetful mouse, I tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, pomegranate may improve exercise performance. Pomegranate is rich in dietary nitrates, which have been shown to improve exercise performance. A study in 19 athletes running on a treadmill showed that one gram of pomegranate extract 30 minutes before exercise significantly enhanced blood flow, delaying the onset of fatigue and increasing exercise efficiency. So, now then, I don't know if you know what the, when they say extract are you talk are they talking about the extract from the skin? Like yes. The, so yes. it's not the juice. It's not an extract from the juice. Correct. So, yeah. like we said before, just realize that pomegranate does contribute to your health as long as you're uh, taking other measures. This week I went to Aldi and they had pomegranates for. 99 cents each. So I bought two of them since I was going to be talking about them. I wanted to kind of refresh my memory. Yeah. And after I got through separating this little seeds out from everything else, uh, I thought, well, I don't want to just eat all of this uh, at one sitting. So I experimented with putting the pomegranate seeds in my 
salad every night. Oh, that's great. It is excellent. Yeah, I've had I that mean, before. You get these little bursts of tart sweet when you're eating a regu- regular salad, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've had it. I've had them on salads too. We're grossing Cynthia out right now, I bet. That's pomegranates is probably another one of those things you can't stand, right? Yeah, it grosses me out. But I I do like them. I do like things on salads like that. You like pomegranate juice? Um, it's all right. I love that palm wonderful juice. That's been, it's mm-hmm. kind of expensive, but man, it's really good. Good for yeah. you. There was a coupon in the paper this week for pomegranate <laughs> juice and pomegranate. Can you send it down? <laughs> I used it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive, but I but I drink I buy I usually buy the biggest bottle because that's usually per ounce price the best. And then I just take little sips every now and then, <laughs> or mix it in with a, a drink of another drink of some kind. But anyway. Bourbon. I don't drink bourbon. <laughs> I'm just, isn't that what uh, Rick said about the uh, yeah? Rick's the bourbon. Yeah, but you can use vodka. Vodka mm. would even taste better. Oh, yeah, that's that's one of that famous drink. Oh no, no, the Cosmo, Cosmopolitan is with cranberry, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. vodka and cranberry juice, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I've had I've had a, a martini with pomegranate juice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Or just take vodka and put some mix it with pomegranate juice. I'm sure yeah. it'll be. Excellent. Well, that's that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Martini. Can, either way, you could have a little bit of vodka with your pomegranate juice, or you could right. have a little bit of pomegranate juice with your vodka. <laughs> However you like it. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Enough about drinking. <laughs> But thank you, Rick, for all that about pomegranates for National Pomegranate Month. I hope our listeners will go out and buy some of them and enjoy them in a variety of ways for their superior nutrition. Now, Produce Buzzers podcast fans, we have a bonus for you this week. Yes, an additional home grown. So once again, we turn to Teresa Nolan, our pun aficionado, for your bonus homegrown. Or is it a penalty homegrown? I don't know. But anyway, Teresa, what's our bonus homegrown today? Okay. So what did the Clementine say to her date, Darren, when she didn't want to go with him to the Pomegranate Club? That's a long question. She said... It's too seedy. Oh, that's good. She actually said, man, Darren, that pomegranate club is way too seedy for me. <laughs> uh, uh, man, Darren, Mandarin. Yeah. Didn't Clementine? Oh, <laughs> I totally missed that one. Didn't Clementines used to be seedy, too. They're not now, I know, but. No, Clementines were never seedy. That was the whole beautiful about them, beauty about them. They're seedless mostly, for the most part, yeah. They can become seedy through pollination. Oh, right. We talked about that. Yeah. Just like people can become seedy (laughs) through pollination. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my favorite kind, the seedy. I've never heard that expression expression seedy until i was an adult i thought that's kind of a weird saying seedy yeah i wonder where it comes when you start thinking about it you realize what it means 
Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that I was like a, something about, my mother would would yeah. say. I've never thought about why seedy would mean that. You know, why? Who came up with the idea that a seed ed would be mean that? Hmm. Well, it's kind of an organic thing. Like if you go in a place, I mean, you could something could start growing on you. You know? <laughs> could become a seed bed. <laughs> no, wouldn't that be like a fungus? Yeah. <laughs> if you describe a person or a place as seedy, you disapprove of them because they look dirty and untidy. <laughs> or they have a bad reputation. Right. Uh -huh. That relates to fruits and vegetables. I'm going to look it up in my dictionary here to see the origin of it. Poorly kept, run down, shabby, shabbily dressed, unkempt, physically run down under the weather, somewhat disreputable, degraded origin first recorded in 1565 that's kind of like um long time ago. the you know the nincompoop kind of word yeah uh, okay so here's something it's uh you know meaning shabby uh probably an allusion to the appearance of a flowering plant that has run to seed oh okay there we go yeah. so what does that mean run to seed well you know uh, for instance Herbs are a real good example of that. If you've ever grown, and Cynthia would probably never have grown this one, but cilantro. <laughs> no, enlighten me. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. It's interesting because at the equinox in the summer, the plants start to go to seed. They start producing seeds instead of continuing to be, you know, green and leafy. So, so you know those um, weeds that uh, they're probably about a foot long and then at the end they have like a, a a Y and they have like little seeds on it. Like beggar lice. <laughs> what are they called? Beggar lice, are you thinking they'd stick to you? Oh, no, those I, oh. It sounds I like those. grass, just a grass, you know, if it gets, yeah. once the grass gets really tall, it'll start producing seeds on the end of the. They're, yeah. They're, they're no, right. I'm just like, so I wonder, if, is that it? Well, think about dandelions, you know, they fl flower and then they go to seed. So. Oh, I don't know that. The, the flower really itself thinking. becomes a, a You know, seed. the thing you blow, the, you blow them, then they've got the, it's like a, all those. Yeah. Seeds, that's a dandelion. It's a. Well, I know what a dandelion is, but I didn't know. About the flower turns seed. to seed. You know, it, it's yellow first and has a little yellow flower, and then all of a sudden you've got the seed pod. This is not so shabby or bad, but sunflowers, you know, they go. They, but they mm -hmm. can, though. I guess a sunflower, after it's, once it starts to decay, gets really mm -hmm. shabby looking, and the only thing that's left is the seeds in the middle. So, mm -hmm. All right, this podcast is getting too seedy. So it's time to wrap up, I think, today. Thank you, Produce Buzzers, for all your wonderful, thought-provoking information and your comments and your twisted humor. Look forward to being with you again next week for another Produce Buzzers podcast. Good night. Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the Produce Buzzers podcast. Brought to you by Produce Buzz a gathering place for lovers of fresh fruits and veggies. We hope you were entertained a bit and educated a lot 
about fresh produce. Be sure to join us next time, and please tell your friends to do so as well. Like, share, and comment on our Produce Buzz Facebook page. And check out our website at www.producebuzz.com. There you will find articles about fresh fruits and veggies, how to select, store, and prepare them, as well as lots of interesting facts about all the wonderful bounty the earth provides for us. Until next time, be fruitful, and don't forget to veg out.